Hi, welcome to Dying to Ask the Road to Paris. My name is Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and Paris is going to be my 11th time traveling for Hearst Television to an Olympics. Started back in the year 2000, and every two years, alongside a partner, I travel to be part of this very small team of people who have been dispatched to Olympics around the world to basically do what we call group coverage for all of Hearst Television stations. So it has ranged anywhere from nine to 10 people, usually. It's usually like three reporter photographer teams one or two producers and an engineer who band-aids the whole thing together. <laughs> Basically, the group, a small group of people go in and work very long days, but very fun days, gathering interviews and kind of slice of life stories and all kinds of content for all of these TV stations. And then the on-air people, of which I am one of them, would then front all that information so that our stations across the country have a local presence following their hometown heroes as hopefully they make it to podiums and get a lot of hardware and the ultimate Olympic souvenir to bring home. So that's what I've been doing. I got put onto that team back in 2000 by a news director named Ed Chapui, who just, as I just asked him about this recently. He said, I just thought you'd be good at that. So um, I'm really glad that he did all those years ago because it absolutely changed the trajectory of my career and put me down a path while I had always been in a big Olympics geek. It put me down a professional path that honestly I never could have carved out for myself. And it has been the most fun. Now, the best part of the whole thing has been the partner that I've had the entire time, a guy named Mike Domalog. And if I hesitate as I say Mike, like I don't know his name, it's because I don't think I've ever actually called him Mike to his face. At KCRA, which is where we are based in Sacramento, California, NBC in Sacramento, everybody calls him Dommy. It's just Dommy, Dommy Domalog. And so when somebody uses his first name, I'm like, oh, is he in trouble? <laughs> Where's Mike? I don't know. So Dommy has been my partner the entire time. Dommy is, I mean, if they gave out an Olympic medal for fan geekdom, Dommy would pretty much have gold every time. So Dommy is an encyclopedia of all things Sidious, Altius, Fortius, Communitaire, which is the Olympic motto, faster, higher, stronger, together. And if you are not blessed, as I was with four years of high school Latin, that is the motto that you'll hear throughout the Olympics. So there you go. Factoid number one, I'm dropping on you. So what I wanted to do as we head out on this Olympic season of the Dying Task podcast is take you behind the scenes a little bit more than maybe we've been able to do in the past. And I want to start that early by introducing you to the people, both on air and behind the scenes, who will be helping tell those stories when we're in Paris this summer. So in our first Meet the Team episode, I am going to introduce you to Dami. So this is an episode that we recorded right after we had shot our very first Olympic story of this season with Fiona O'Keefe, the Olympic marathoner, the phenom who surprised everybody to smash records and take first at the U.S. Olympic marathon trials in Orlando in February. So we met Fiona out at a park. And so I got Tommy just to sit down there at a park bench. <laughs> Getting him to sit is not easy. He's like the Energizer Bunny. And we just talked a little bit about heading out on this great adventure again. We did not get to go to the last two Olympics in Beijing and in Tokyo because of the pandemic. And you know what? We weren't the only ones who chose not to go or weren't able to go. Families of athletes didn't get to go. Friends of athletes didn't get to go. Fans of the Olympics didn't get to go. So when we talk about the Paris Olympics, there is so much excitement for lots of reasons. One, Paris is going to be hosting its third Olympics. That's pretty cool. Two, 
it's Paris, duh, it's spectacular. So it's going to look so good on TV. And there's going to be just so much culture and excitement and beautiful video and beautiful people, and just really fun stories. So that's going to be great. But the third part, and this is the part that is maybe a little bit less tangible, but it's so important. And you're going to realize watching it this summer how important this is. The people are back. This is going to be an Olympic-y Olympics. Yes, I know that's not a real word, but in my book, it is. <laughs> this is going to feel like the days of yore, and we are here for it. So Paris is going to be Dami's 12th Olympic trip. His work history with the Olympics goes all the way back to the 1996 Atlanta Summer Games, but his love of the Olympics, as you'll hear, started decades ago when he was just a little kid growing up in Salinas, California. Dami is one of the smartest people I know. His recall for athletes and their achievements is impressive. It's a little scary at times, but it is incredible. He remembers people in a way that even I can't. He is a member of the prestigious Emmy Awards Silver Circle, which is awarded for 25 plus years in television news. He's been a photographer at KCRA basically since the dawn of time, I think like 38 years or something like that. I mean, he's been around forever. Celebrity he most reminds me of, Benjamin Button. This guy ages in reverse. His energy is unmatched and his excitement for the adventure of being on this trip and being a part of this team is incredible. So if you think I'm not that big of an Olympics fan, you will be being around Dami. And I cannot wait for you to hear my interview with him today. So in this Dying to Ask Road to Paris, we'll tell you how Dami became an Olympic reporter, the responsibility that he feels telling young athletes stories, and what he's looking forward to the most in Paris. Now, as you listen to the episode, listen carefully, because as I told you, we were sitting in a park bench. I want you to listen for some of the other things that are going on in the background. There was like a flock of geese. There was a coyote running around. You know, just there was just a lot of stuff going on while we were also talking about Olympics. But you know what? That's how this stuff goes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy this first Meet the Team episode. And we have a lot planned for you this season, so don't go anywhere. Olympians, they're just different. Sure, they're fitter and faster, but they're mentally different too. Because when the body breaks down, the Olympic mindset takes over. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've traveled to 10 Olympics for Hearst Television with my partner, Mike Domalog. But Dami and I were home for the last two games because of the pandemic. But this summer, the Olympics are back in all their glory, and we're going to Paris. Fans of the stands, the full athlete experience, and it's Paris. For the end. Join us for the backstories of how Team USA gets to the top of the podium and how you can add a little Olympic edge in your life. All right, when? I'm rolling. You're rolling? I'm rolling. You're rolling? Boy, rolling tape? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you always, pretty much? Yeah, I am. I mean, I learned my lesson today. Bring a bike when you're chasing somebody running or walking, because that those walkers last time, man, I fell on my head and I felt that for a week. Oh my, there's a backstory <laughs> there. So we're doing this. Uh, yeah, I guess so. At six months from now. About that. About that. So Mike Domalog, you've been my partner now. We've gone to ten Olympics together. Yeah, ten. 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 Oh boy. 10, 10, 10. Oh. Um, but we started working together as a team back in 2000, went to Sydney, Australia, and then kind of 
kept going. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised to get the call every two years, which is really weird because I thought, oh, we're done. No, we're done. No, no, you're not done. No, you're done. No, we're not done. I thought we were done, uh, but we're not done. Apparently. <laughs> For those of you keeping up on the done or not done game, apparently we're not done. Um, yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. So for people who are new to what it is that we do with our Olympic project, um, we work for Hearst Television. Hearst Television owns roughly 30 stations right now. I say roughly because we seem to keep adding, keep adding to stations yeah. <laughs> each couple of Olympics. Measure time in two-year increments around here. Um, and so what Mike and I have done is we have gone with a, a small group of people. It's usually eight to ten people. And we form what we call the Hearst Olympic team. So it's a small group of people, three reporter photographer teams, a couple of producers, and an engineer. And we do what we call group coverage for all those stations. So the idea is you have lots and lots of stations who want to see lots and lots of Olympic coverage, but you can't send a million people because it's spoiler very expensive yeah. so instead you send a few people and they do a lot of work and they create a lot of stories and so all these stations get a presence at the olympics to go chase their athletes and give kind of the flavor of the olympics and so that's what we've been doing so when we started doing this together 24 years omg seriously 24 years 24 years 2000 but actually wow. started 2019 well, yeah. well, no, 1999, because yeah. we yeah. had to get going. We had to start, right. start the project. So when we started roughly a lifetime ago doing this, um, the Olympics was really, really different. I mean, it was a completely different game than what it is now. So over the years, it has grown. The needs have changed. Technology has changed how we do the job. Um, but at the heart of it, you're still chasing people who have dreams and athletes and their families and the people around them who make all those dreams come true and hopefully telling some really, really awesome stories along the way. And we're lucky to find people that actually come out of nowhere. Just people just, you know, you remember these, these are just kids five years ago, 10 years ago, and they should just show up. Oh. Yeah. So that's the fun part. That's the fun part. Yeah. You always loved the Olympics, didn't you, when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. I grew up watching the Olympics. I mean, my earliest memory is 1972. I mean, not just the Munich massacre, all that stuff. That that sticks in my head, but Frank Shorter winning the marathon mm -hmm. in 1972. That was my cleanest memory. And Mark Spitz. And, oh, I mean, if I go back to 1968, because I do remember 1968, but 72 is the best memory of the Olympics. Those are the clearest. I would say for me, my clearest memory of watching is probably 84. You know, like really gathering around the television and of course it being in our country in Los Angeles was super, super exciting and just always being a total fan. So getting to transition years later into actually getting to work and see the behind the scenes and the nitty gritty of it um, has just been like a, a total thrill. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I mean, you think about everything we've seen, what countries we've seen, and what events we've seen, and the people we've met, and the, well, sneaking into, <laughs> sneaking into stadiums and arenas. <laughs> Don't tell that part. That's the best part, and the foods we got to eat, and the cultures we got to, got to, you know, enjoy, experience. Uh, you know, that's the whole Olympic experience. It's international. Yeah. And I think it just kind of, um, I don't know, I've always loved kind of the idea of the Olympics, which I know it gets a lot of knocks from people of it being too commercialized and 
and not really being about kind of the kumbaya moment of countries coming together, which is really what the modern Olympic movement was all about. It was this idea that for a couple of weeks, everybody sets their issues with each other apart, and we put our best young, brilliant, athletic, talented people on a stage and we let them compete for pure competition. Now, look, we get it. It's not always like that. <laughs> However, there are a lot of moments where it is exactly like that and where everybody around the world is kind of watching or interested in the same thing at the same time. And in a world that's so incredibly diverse where we have 700 channels to choose from, it's kind of fun that on one night, most people are watching gymnastics or synchronized swimming or fill in the blank. There's something about it that at the heart of it, I just love. Oh, it's the drama. Yeah. It's the drama. Even if you knew who was going to win that night because of, you know, the way things are now, you're still going to stop and watch because you've got to see it yourself. You have to see it yourself. Or even if somebody fails, that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. When somebody fails, you have to stop and watch. It's not like a train crash, but it's a little, a like little a bit, crash. but then you will watch that failure and you will cry with that yeah. person. You get vested. Yeah. You know what it is? It's the original reality television to yeah. me, you know, because unlike any other sporting event where it's kind of there and done in a day, the Olympics continues. So you get to follow, you learn, you meet the characters, you get to learn about them. You cheer them on along the way. And then like their heartbreak is your heartbreak. Their success is your success. And there are all these countries. You're like, is that really a country? Where is that place? <laughs> it's very, very exciting. And um, I think that's like behind the scenes what you and I both love. We view it very similarly. Um, but then there's also the adventure of being in different places and learning about a different part of the world. And it's just, it's just, it's just ridiculous fun. Oh, and learning like the different sport. Yeah. I mean, you may not like curling, but then you will love curling. I, I mean, I, hey. I'm hooked on men's gymnastics after, watch, after watching guys compete for Stanford this past weekend. That's what Dami's been doing the last couple of weeks. Oh, man, it's gymnasts. just, it's unbelievable. I couldn't yeah. keep my eyes off what they were doing. It's amazing with these guys. And You should get a pommel horse for your house. I tell you what, if I can say this, it's ballsy what those guys could do. Cause I'm doing not that, sure if you can say that. Doing this stuff without a crash helmet or a baseball <laughs> cup? Jeez. Oh, my God. I just, I'm half the time... Well, I'm, I hate to say this, but it's like I'm like holding the groin thinking I could get hurt that the way these guys get hurt. I mean, this is this has gone a direction I had not anticipated. Um, but there are many other things that are yeah. really great about it. So a couple months back, Dami and I both got a call asking us if we'd like to go on the uh, Paris team and help lead that team and tell the stories leading to this Olympics. And of course, the answer was, uh, yeah, we are so into that. Um, what's really cool about this Paris Olympics and you know this, is that this is the first Olympics we've had since the pandemic where it's going to be an Olympic-y Olympics, like the real deal. Because these last two games, Beijing and then also Tokyo, you didn't have people on the stands. Athletes didn't get to have their family members there. They were COVID testing right and left. Um, yeah, we had an Olympics. Yes, there were some really great moments on TV. Dami and I didn't get to go. Our company chose not to travel. But for these athletes, personally, I feel like they got ripped off. They really got ripped off of the experience. Oh yeah, it's almost like a boycott. Even talking to the guys that had to go over there and cover it, they basically stayed in their rooms until they got permission to go. And then when they did go, they could go within eight feet of a certain place. They were boxed in, boxed out. They couldn't go into stores, couldn't do anything. And then when we were due, we turned back to the room. Awful. And it was what we had to do. 
Yeah. It was the best that everybody could do. So that was that. But here's the deal. Paris is going to be off the hook. And this is, and everybody is talking about this from the IOC to the athletes to the big broadcasters like NBC. This is the Olympics coming back. This is big. This is going to be the full experience for all those athletes, 10,000 athletes from all over the world. It's going to be the full experience for their families who sacrifice a lot to help those athletes get to a starting line or to get to the beginning of a competition. And this is going to be it. And I feel like we all kind of need it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I need it. They're starting with a bang. I mean, the opening ceremonies, everybody could see. Everybody's going to be able to see it from the from the riverbank. I mean, and it's in Paris. It's in Paris. It's so, in Paris. So, we'll brush up on our, our French, I guess. <laughs> French we're, fries. Uh, we're we're going to learn some French. We have yeah. about six months worth of incredible stories of Northern California athletes and athletes from all over the country that we'll be following. You'll meet their coaches. You'll meet people behind the scenes. We'll check in with some of our Olympic alums to find out some of the advice they'll be passing on to these athletes. And um, I don't know. Road to Paris starts now, and we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You training? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of quit for a little bit. Now I've got to get right back into it. No, he, he legit starts training to get ready to uh, work some long days and hike some long miles and put in a lot of time as we get ready to cover Team USA on their road to Paris. I'm so excited to go with you. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Do you know an Olympic athlete? Are you an Olympic athlete? Do you live next door to an Olympic athlete? Do you have a great Olympic story? Is there something you'd like to hear in this podcast? If any of these questions have rung a bell with you at all, please reach out and let me know now. You can email me at dfitzpatrick at hearst.com. It's H-E-A-R-S-T. You can also message me on Facebook at KCRA Deirdre, common spelling on Deirdre. I'm just kidding. It's D-E-I-R-D-R-E. It's Irish if you're wondering. And then if you're on Instagram, you will find me on Instagram. That one's a lot easier to find at runreadsip. Our Olympic coverage, in a lot of ways, depends on you. And sometimes you might think, oh, they know that that person is living and training there. Sometimes we don't. And sometimes it literally is somebody who hears the podcast or sees one of our TV stories and says, I know a guy. Or did you know my neighbor is doing fill in the blank? So we would love to know if you have some weird Olympic connection let me know. And yes, we will try to be doing a story on it. Thanks so much for listening. We are, if you're one of our longtime Dying to Ask listeners, I did switch the category of Dying to Ask. So we were in self-help and improvement, health and like, you know, personal improvement, reinvention, blah, blah, blah. I've actually switched it to sports because I wanted to see how that would go. (laughs) So that is a little bit risky because I'm now basically competing against the Kelsey Brothers and their New Heights podcast, which is super fun, but we're a little bit different than that. So I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and help bump us up in that new sports category. That would be amazing. Take a second. Let us know if you enjoyed the podcast. Text it to a friend. Spread the word because that really is how podcasts get noticed. All right? 
Let's have an amazing Olympic season. Thanks for tuning in. And I can't wait for you to hear our next athlete episode. Fiona O'Keefe is going to be our first athlete interview. She is the winner of the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials. She smashed records. She's got a great backstory. If you like an underdog, and I love an underdog, you will love our episode upcoming with Fiona O'Keefe. Thanks for listening. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick.